tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that because you don't know. Welcome to the Bench on self podcast. My name is Anna, but you can call me Anshi, and thank you so much for tuning in. Bench on self podcast is about navigating binge eating disorder struggles, disordered eating, and negative body image. Although I share my personal experience with having a negative body image, eating disorders, and I do uncover bits of my personal story, this podcast is not as much about me as it is about you beautiful human beings who struggle, who fight, who grow, and who evolve every single day. This podcast is for anyone who wants to feel supported on their recovery journey and simply for anyone who's trying to improve their relationship with themselves. I believe together we can turn something so negative, such as binge eating, into something more positive and hopefully go from binging on food and self-hatred to binging on self-love. Subscribe to the Bench on Selva podcast on your favorite platform and tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. But there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that because you don't know. Disclaimer, Bench on Selva podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It doesn't provide professional medical advice and it is not a substitute for diagnosis or treatment. In this podcast, we cover the topic of eating disorders, so if you find this topic triggering, it may be better for you not to listen to this podcast. Always make sure to put your mental health first. Hello everyone, welcome to the Bench on Selvaf podcast. My name is Anna, but you can call me Anchi and I'll be your host. Today I have a very special guest with me here today, Jonathan Sumner. Jonathan Sumner is a binge eating dietitian based in the UK. After struggling with binge eating disorder himself and after recovering from the binge eating disorder, he's decided to help others who are struggling with binge eating disorder themselves. Today, Jonathan is helping his clients recover from binge eating disorder and find peace with food and their body image. He's encouraging and inspiring thousands of people on Instagram and TikTok where he shares his tips on recovering from binge eating disorder. And he's also doing his own podcast called Binge Dietitian Podcast, which I will link in the show notes so you can listen to it. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here with me today and welcome to the Binge on Salva podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Anna. It's such an it's such a pleasure to be invited here, and I'm just so excited for us to share everything about binge eating and raise awareness, reduce stigma, and give some tips out for people struggling with binge eating. And just let if you're struggling with binge eating and you're listening to this podcast, I want you guys to know that you're never alone, and we're both here to raise awareness and get rid of that taboo. Yeah, thank you so much. That's a really important message that I hope we will spread across the entire episode. And when I was thinking about inviting you to this podcast, I was really excited to find someone who has experienced bench eating disorder themselves and who's now helping others because I think bench eating disorder is pretty difficult to understand if you haven't experienced it yourself. So I think that's really, really amazing. So I'm really glad that we can talk about it today. So let me start by asking, how did it all begin for you? What was your maybe relationship with food and with your body image before you've developed binge eating disorder? Yeah, so that's a really good question, Anna. So all my life, I didn't have any issues with eating. I just saw it as breakfast, lunch and dinner, just ate and then just went off. I didn't really think too much about my body uh, until I went to university when I wanted to study uh, my dietetics degree. So when I went to study my dietetics degree, I started to get much more into the gym because um, I want to look better, I wanted to feel a bit better, feel strong, and all of my friends were doing it. And I wanted to also like be much leaner. And so I downloaded um, fitness apps, like calorie counting apps, such as MyFitnessPal, really stri- strictly counted my macros, your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, and calories uh, to the T. And at first, I was really surprised, thinking like, wow, I really have to eat this little? This, this is not much, this is not enough for me. And sometimes I would uh, go to bed a bit hungry, 
but I knew that I wanted to become lean and reach my goal of having like a four pack or a six pack. And fast forward, maybe a month later or two months later, I did get a four pack or a six pack, but I was still constantly hungry. Like I would always go to bed hungry. I would always try to drink um, diet drinks, soda drinks, black coffee, just to try to maintain it. But it was so hard to maintain. And then, and also I was saying no to eating out with friends, no, or just eating very little, being that awkward person, uh, eating very little in social events. I would just, and I was thinking, what am I actually doing? This is a bit strange. But I had to maintain uh, this body because my friends thought it looked good. But later on, it just became so hard to maintain that all of a sudden, you just <laughs> I just started ordering um, kebabs, chicken, fries, pizzas, um, those brand um, ice creams, and just eat everything all in one go because I thought to myself, well, I think I deserve this because it's a celebration. So I ate so much and I felt really guilty about it because I knew I was going to gain weight. And then the next day I was thinking, okay, now time to get back into the wagon, time to get back on track. And then I was thinking, wait a second, I binged last night. So for me to get back on track, I have to skip breakfast, skip lunch, and then just have one big meal, big dinner. And then I just became so hungry, then I binged again. And then it's this never ending cycle of binging and then restricting, forever trying to make up for that, um, forever trying to make up for that binge. It's just a terrible cycle. And it's, it's a terrible trap actually that so many people can fall into. So if you're struggling with it, well, I'm here that uh, I've struggled with it before. And when do you think you realize that it's a problem, that it's maybe an eating disorder? Or did you know that it was an eating disorder? Yeah, um, I noticed it was a problem when I was trying to escape, uh, trying to eat normally. And by normally, I mean having like your usual breakfast, mid-morning snack, lunch, mid-afternoon snack, dinner, or essentially just listening to my hunger. Um, I wanted to eat the foods I wanted, you know, like cookies, or I wanted to eat breakfast, something with toast or porridge. But there's this voice in my mind saying, no, don't, you're going to gain even more weight. You just binged last night. You're going to gain even more weight if you have breakfast or lunch. So you have to keep on trying to make up for this. It got even to the point where I had to say no to family meals. I had to make excuses. Well, actually, I didn't say no, but I made excuses saying like, oh, I have um, university essays to finish. I can't go out and eat out with you. And I was thinking in my mind, half of my mind is thinking, wow, this is so strange. Why am I, why am I saying this? Other part of my mind is saying, yeah, you're doing the right thing. You're doing this for yourself. So when I thought there were two conflicting things and I was actually so confused on what to do, then that's when I thought that was the problem. When you mentioned like this cycle of feeling guilt and therefore not eating and then you binge and it repeats itself, how did you find the way out or what worked for you to break that cycle? I read one of the books uh, called Overcoming Binge Eating by Dr. Christopher Fairburn. And take note that I haven't studied, I haven't graduated as a dietitian, so I wasn't aware of what we sh what I should do to get out of binge eating. I thought binge eating wasn't something that was, it wasn't a big deal because, you know, we just toss around the word binge, like, oh, we're going to binge on Netflix, we're going to binge on TV, we're going to binge on Hubs and everything. So you don't think it's that big of a deal, yeah. but once you once you're in the cycle, then you're like kind of like trapped into it and it's like oh how do i get out of this so um in the book it mentioned uh which i further uh, read and it was correct it's evidence-based that to escape binge eating it's the opposite of what you have to what you think you should do so what you think you should do is try to skip meals um go on a diet but what the book says uh, which is based on evidence a heavy evidence on treatment uh, is that you should eat and as silly as it sounds 
You should um, start to eat and listen to your hunger. Get rid of those thoughts that you're actually going to gain weight because uh, you're forever going to be in this cycle if you don't start eating regular meals. Because if you're binging and restricting, then there's just no, no stop to it. Because you're constantly feel every single day, you're constantly fueled with guilt. So, and then you're gonna feel more guilt as time goes on. So if you start to eat um, regularly, like let's say you binge last night, um, maybe have like breakfast, be like maybe seven out of ten full, then have have lunch, have something like you enjoy, and then have dinner. Then you're gonna stay full. And you're not gonna have a, and you're probably gonna be eating the foods you crave. And note, take note that if you're staying full by eating regular meals, you're not gonna overindulge. So these these are the two things. If you're eating regular meals and having the foods you crave uh, in moderation, then you're not going to have a reason to binge because our body binging, binge eating, it's a sign that there's some sign of deprivation. There's a reason why you're. Bi- your body's binging. It's there's nothing wrong with your body. It's just some. It's kind of like an alarm bell. Like something's wrong. You're not giving it enough nutrients. So if you're nourishing your body regularly, then your body later on is slowly gonna calm down those signals. Like oh, I'm actually having food. I'm not being hungry. I'm having the foods I enjoy. So I guess there's no reason for me to binge anymore. So that's the dietary point of view. The diet treatment. And as simple as it sounds, it's not easy because you have to fight through this mindset of like, what if I gain weight? But you're always going to be in the cycle of binging and restricting. So it's kind of like you have to take the leap. Once you're out of um, this cycle of binge eating, then you can choose whatever you want to do with your weight. But I wouldn't recommend going back on a weight loss diet. I just want to say that uh, if you're prone to binge eating if you there's very very heavy restrictions yeah i can i can definitely agree with that that once you have that mindset it's really triggering to do any kind of diet or anything that it's always back into that mindset so yeah it's a terrible mindset and i also think uh like you have to take like really small baby steps and fight through and really push through and then after some time it gets easier and you are suddenly able to eat more regularly and eat normal normal meals. Yeah, absolutely. How long was the binge eating disorder uh, process for you? Or how long did you struggle with it? And when did you realize that now it's time to start my recovery journey? Unfortunately, actually, some people struggle for months or years. But for me, it was just like two or three months, two, three, four months um because i from um what we were taught in university when i was studying to become a dietitian if something is evidence based and heavily recommended then we can we have to follow it to a t uh so i really trusted that book because the book i followed um overcoming binge eating by dr christopher fairburn it's actually a quote unquote prescribable book by doctors here in the uk and it it's a cbt cognitive behavior, behavioral therapy uh self-guided health book so you can use it on your own and so it took me like four months mm-hmm. and the the moment where i said okay now i really need to get started is when i thought to myself what am i doing like is it worth it like i'm actually not spending time with my family like i'm here in university and my family come to visit like probably every few months and the moments they do come to visit i'm just saying no to them and everything and i was just thinking is it really worth it like um for is it really worth it focusing on what i want like which i want a better body or what i want to be there for my brothers be there for my mom and just do what they want because they put so much effort into coming for me so i need to do the best for them it's not about what i want and sometimes with binge eating recovery it can be 
um, not in a selfish way, but sometimes we can get engrossed in the mind about what I want, what I want. People are going to love me if I do this or if I lose weight and everything. But sometimes we have to think outward, like, what do other people want from me? Do they think everything's all right with me? Um, am I just doing this for myself? Or am I just doing this for others? Because personally, for me, I don't like it if uh, people worry about me. If people worry about me, then I worry more. So I just wanted them to feel comfortable. So that helped me take the leap of just trying to eat more and try to eat regularly because I wouldn't want them to worry. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I think that the the idea that we need to do something to lose weight or to uh, look lean or something like that, then we have this idea that we will be happier once we reach that. But I think it never exists that you will always be, I want more, I want more of this, I need to do more of this. And I think it's it also feeds the eating disorder in some way, this belief that once we lose this weight, once we hit this number, then we will be happy and everything will change for the better and it just doesn't work. Uh, what do you think was the most uh, difficult for you on your recovery journey? What is the most difficult? Well, that's really tricky. I think it's um, because I love going to the gym and I'm probably like repeating myself again, but I think it's really important to bring it back. But I really love going to the gym, not just because of how it makes me look, but how it makes me feel. And when I'm trying to go through a binge eating recovery, which is to eat more, take that risk of maybe like maybe I'm going to gain a little bit of weight, but that's okay. Um, because every every time I go to the gym, like you see yourself in the mirror and you're thinking, oh, is it really worth it? Is it worth it um, for me to eat a little more for binge eating recovery? Or should I continue to lean down, try to diet? Try, try to diet, quote-unquote, um, because if you're trapped in the cycle, you really can't, you're always going to stay in place. So that was really, that was most difficult for me because I love the gym and it's trying to break through that uh, mindset of I have to think long-term, like I'm never going to get out of the cycle unless I start to focus on my body. And as you mentioned earlier, Anna, it's not always about like what will... Uh, we have to do, lose this so we'll be happy because we have to think um, also like holistically like yeah if you um, be binge free or start binge recovery you have to think what will you gain you'll gain more happiness you'll gain more social time with your friends some people find that they have uh, more mental energy because you're not constantly thinking about food some people um, start going to university to study because they have much more freedom to chase their passions. And for me, what got me through like this mindset of like, oh, what if I gain weight when I'm constantly going to the gym? You just kind of reframe, reframe your mind into a positive mindset or an optimistic mindset. So I was thinking, oh, I'm actually eating more and I'm nourishing my body more. So now is a perfect time for me to get stronger in the gym, make the most of like breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I don't care if I'm going to be binging, because if I binge last night, then that's going to be lots of fuel for me to gain more muscle. So instead of this mindset of, I need to lose this to gain this, what about gaining to gain it? So I, re I found that really helpful. That's actually a really great, great thought and idea that instead of thinking about, oh, I'm, I'm worried that this will be different and this will be different, thinking about what I gain from the recovery, because that's really important. And uh, the eating disorder will never offer you what uh, a normal life and the recovery can offer you. And that's really important, I think, to keep in mind during the process. Mm, yeah. So now I, now I would like to move to uh, your binge eating disorder dietitian journey. I was at first I was thinking that it was the other way that you uh, experienced binge eating and that's what led you to your dietitian journey. But from what I understood, it was actually the other way around, which I found really interesting. Yeah, so like I just wanted to help other people um, with like binge eating because people don't think it's that big of a deal. 
like when someone says uh i'm struggling with binge eating when they finally open up then people just say oh just go on a diet or just try to eat less try to move more but from what i've experienced and from what many many other people experience trying to go on a diet if you're stuck in this cycle of binging and restricting it's going to cause you to struggle even harder struggle even deeper and i work with doctors and they believe that to get through binge eating you have to lose weight but it's completely the opposite so binge eating is a complex condition that has to be treated from many angles and it can stem from many many issues it can come from like dietary factors such as like severe dieting severe restriction um it can also come from like traumatic experiences or childhood because when you grow up as a child this uh language like with your with your parents or your guardian or carers might be saying like oh that's a bad food that's a good food or that's it i'm going to lock all the cookies in the cupboard you're not allowed to have this or you're not allowed to have um cookies unless you have dinner like setting all these rules can contribute to binge eating later in the future so it's all about unpacking these and it's such a privilege for me to have my role as a dietitian to focus on helping other people with binge eating i think it's kind of a privilege that i struggled with binge eating in the past so i understand how difficult it may be and how mentally draining it can be so i wanted to just help other people there are many amazing dietitians who are helping other people with their weight helping other people with um anorexia bulimia but what about the people in the middle like with binge eating because not many people talk about it and the reason why many people don't talk about binge eating is uh, as i said earlier it's not that big of a deal people think and at the second time it's such an issue or a condition that's filled with it's fueled by guilt people struggling with binge eating they wouldn't binge eat in front of you they would always like binge eat secretly in their rooms and then they walk out to the streets or with their friends as if nothing happened so all all binge eating or most of it is really done in secret uh, because it's fueled by guilt it's such a taboo to think to talk about it but we need to raise awareness that there are people who are binge eating in secret and we have to keep an eye out for those um who who are just like struggling alone thinking there's no way out when there is a, there is a way out and i'm a proof uh we're proof that there is a way out yeah, definitely and what i found really interesting and sad at the same time is that i found different statistics and for example in the us uh binge eating disorder is the most common eating disorder which is really surprising considering that we still talk so little about it and i think there are very few people who treat binge eating disorder and i think i would really love if that could change in the future and if we became or other people became more aware that binge eating disorder is a problem but it's not something we should feel ashamed of although we feel ashamed of binging of course all the time but we shouldn't feel that and we should be able to get help i for example when i was trying to get help there were therapists who were dealing with anorexia and with bulimia but there was no one who would be dealing with binge eating disorder i believe that maybe in the uk and in the us it's better but i still think it's something we should uh be more aware of yeah i completely agree because uh, well whilst i Uh, agree that binge eating disorder is the most common eating disorder in the world or in the US um i feel that it's still it's pr- probably much higher because of the shame and guilt surrounded about surrounded with it and i think we live in a culture actually i know we live in a culture uh where if you don't look like this then you're lazy or you have to eat clean you have to eat good foods and if you eat junk foods quote unquote like let's say like burgers pizzas then you're bad and you're lazy and you have no motivation you have no willpower and there's so much shame wherever you go 
um, on like social media and there are some people who are who can be a little bit helpful like oh here's how to have healthy habits and everything but um, they they kind of like deliver the message wrong they kind of say like you have to if you don't wake up four o'clock in the morning and wake up uh, I don't care if you have like I don't care if you have let's say um, two kids and a wife and a family to feed if you're not dedicated then you're lazy you can always find a way and everything and this kind of message of if you don't want it bad enough then you don't deserve it is very very unhelpful and it's actually kind of toxic if I'm being straightforward there's so much toxic um, health messages online and sure it might help for one person but it's not gonna help people who are struggling uh, really really badly and we need to raise awareness that um, treating eating disorders or treating disordered eating needs to be treated with kindness empathy no judgment at all actually any any health advice should be given with no judgment at all yeah definitely i agree that social media are a great thing but also a very dangerous and damaging thing because i know from my own experience that i had to unfollow certain accounts because they were really triggering and they were uh, spreading the message that you have to eat this way or that way and other all of all of the other ways are wrong and there's good food and bad food and all these food labeling and i think that's really wrong and it's not helpful when you're trying to recover and this leads me to my next question speaking of like bad food and good food how do you how do you approach that how do we change our mindset around that pizza equals bad and salad equals good food mm, yeah that's a really really good question Anna um, because it's it can be tricky to unlearn these habits because Even if you're in the workplace, uh, if you're in your workplace and then someone brings cookies or a cake, that, or let's say it's someone's birthday in the office, then you're gonna have cake. And then some, you hear someone say, oh, I'll just have one, one little slice. Um, I don't want to be bad, to, bad today or anything. I'm trying to be good. <laughs> and these little jokes, it might seem harmless at first, but it kind of like feeds into this good and bad mentality or like one extreme to another. And having this uh, mentality of one extreme to another can be pretty damaging to your relationship with your food. Because let's say you eat, um, if you try to eat quote unquote good, so that could, most people find quote unquote good foods as broccoli, quinoa, plain chicken breast, not even the flavored ones, just the plain <laughs> ones. <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like plain rice and everything tuna and okay that might be all right but the moment you do eat like something you consider bad like cookies then you associate yourself as bad and then this this triggers this mindset of like guilt oh okay I'll, i ate a cookie okay let's go on let's move on and everything oh and then later on you have a little muffin oh no i've been bad again and then another wave of guilt comes in and then these little things just pray just they kind of like uh go in circles in your mind thinking like oh i have i been bad oh i think i am a bad person and everything and then you start to think oh i don't deserve this then uh i think i've ruined my diet so i might as well start tomorrow i'm just gonna go on a binge so uh feeling guilt having um, good and bad mindset if the moment you do have bad foods uh, feeling guilty or shameful of yourself makes you very vulnerable to binge eating so how to break through this so if you're finding good foods and bad foods and you're separating them into two good and evils should i say then what i would recommend is uh, to keep bad foods in the house so if you're if you consider cookies bad then keep them in the house which is what most people would say don't do keep them in the house because the reason they're bad or you restrict or you try to avoid them is because you are avoiding them you're not including them into your diet and 
you're going to have this craving eventually um, of the things you love because it's, it's a clear psychology. It's been shown in the research many, many times um, in many books. We, we as humans, we want what we don't have. So, so, you know, like little things are like, oh, if you don't have enough money, then you're always going to want more money. If you don't have this car, then you want to have this car. But those are the very materialistic things. But let's think about our body. These are like basic body needs, the most basic things, food, drink, uh, water. And if we're trying to restrict ourselves from these kinds of foods, we're going to crave them really, really intensely. So keep the foods you crave in the house. And sure, you're going to be eating them a little, little more and often, but later on, you're going to notice that if you're including all foods in your diet, like let's say um, that you have like something like lunch uh, salad with some chicken, and then you include like maybe a dessert of like cookies or something, something where you incorporate good and bad foods all together in one place, then these good foods, and these good foods are not going to become good foods. They're just going to be neutral foods. The bad foods are going to turn into neutral foods because the reason why we think they're forbidden is because we're not um, giving ourselves the permission to have them. So if we're giving ourselves unconditional permission, sure, you might eat a little more than usual, but you need to incorporate these two things so you're not going to overindulge. Eat regular meals. So that's your breakfast, mid-morning snack, lunch, mid-afternoon snack, and dinner, and maybe an evening snack. And number two, eat the foods you crave. So eating regular meals will regulate your hunger because if you're in the cycle of, the research shows that if you're in the cycle of restricting or binging, then we're not going to be hungry during our restriction times because our body is pretty smart. It can get used to a pattern um, of our hunger hormones. Our hunger hormones are very flexible. It just works by pattern. So if you're eating nothing or very little in the day and then you binge normally at the evening, your body will kind of prepare for a binge closer to the binge time you normally uh, have, like maybe in the evening, for example. All of a sudden, don't you get this feeling that um, you get this massive surge of hunger out of nowhere, like Whoa, I just want to eat everything in sight. And then you go for a binge. So eating regular meals will start to regulate your ghrelin, which is a hunger hormone, because you're trying to get back into that pattern. And then later on, you'll start to feel hung hunger in just little amounts. You won't be ravenous. And then, as I said earlier, include the foods you crave. So you're not going to overeat if you're... Um, like eating regular meals. And if you do overeat, that's okay, because there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a bad food, it's not a good food. You can just get on with your day. And our body is really smart. It likes to keep at a certain body weight. Um, but even if you gain weight, that's all right. Um, as long as you're just not thinking too much about food, because you won't be thinking too much about food if you're um, just eating regularly and you're not constantly trying to control things. The answer to this question is, um, if you try to have too much control, then you're going to lose control. So just give yourself the unconditional permission to eat these foods. As you mentioned, I think the, the more we try to resist a certain type of food or something that we really crave, the more we want it. And then it usually eventually ends up with overeating and with binging and eating way too much of what we're trying to forbid ourselves, maybe. Yeah, I completely a million percent agree. Yeah, and also I think, as you mentioned, hunger is like one of the main reasons why we end up binging. And I can confirm from my own experience that once I started eating on a regular basis, I like the frequency of the binges was much lower in time. So I think that's, as you mentioned, those were really, really important points. Uh, considering that you have a lot of experience working with clients, have you noticed maybe uh, some common, I don't want to call that mistakes, but let's say mistakes that people do on their recovery journey or maybe expectations that they have that are unrealistic? Mm, yeah, so I think um, 
something common thing that is really unre unrealistic, if I'm being straightforward, is um, whilst both of us, we often talk about um, eating regular meals and uh, having the foods you crave to uh, and giving yourself unconditional permission to eat, whilst it's going to help you reduce the binges, some people think that they're going to stop their binges all in one go. Uh, like they implement these and then the next day they're never going to binge again. To be honest, like um, it depends on how much, how often you're binging throughout the week and how much of uh, your quality of life is being affected. So if you're the kind of person who avoids family dinners or f meals out with friends and then you binge maybe like five times a week, then that's probably going to take... Um, like little steps, baby steps, because as you start in, start implementing regular meals and giving yourself unconditional permission to eat the foods you love, then you'll notice like, hmm, maybe I've been binging five times a week, but now, next week, uh, I noticed this week, I'm binging four times a week. So we have to look at um, not the scale for progress, but look at the frequency of how often we're binging and another common um, mistake people use is, I don't know if it's a mistake because we just talked about it earlier, but um, after, after binging, there's this massive uh, temptation to restrict, be clean, eat clean, or eat no nothing the next day or eat very little the next day. But it's just going to bring you onto that cycle. So it's a kind of like a binge trap. So try to plan um, to just eat regularly. And a final, it's probably not a mistake. It's a common like a little trap or an accident. Another thing is um, that um, after a binge, most people try to escape the guilt by trying to go to bed immediately. Um, but I wouldn't recommend that because after you've eaten or consumed so much food in one go, probably high in fat foods, very greasy foods, sometimes spicy foods, paired up with um, lots of carbonated drinks, going to bed or lying down is going to cause really, really bad heartburn. And you may not feel it now, but if you, if you do it more often, then it's going to contribute to really bad heartburn and your esophagus, even though sometimes you may not feel the heartburn. And for those who don't know what heartburn is, it's um, essentially reflux. It's essentially like acid going up to your uh, esophagus. And then you feel it. That's why you kind of feel it. Like, that's why it's in your heart, but it's not actually your heart. It's actually your, in your esophagus. Um, so essentially, try not to go to bed immediately. Just try to do something that will um, keep you distracted for like, for like 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes. Like maybe just watch... Um, some television, play some games on the comp uh, computer or your laptop, uh, maybe go for a very light walk, something that will just help you um, not have this temptation to lie down immediate immediately. Because um, going back to what I mentioned earlier, some people can have this condition called Barrett's esophagus. So it's kind of like where your esophagus is, um, kind of like eroded like the the tissue around your esophagus is kind of like eroded because of all the acid coming up very frequently and you don't see it until you get a proper scan um, by the doctor so try not to lie down essentially after a binge and protect your um, your esophagus that's a really great tip. I never never thought about that it could actually be a problem, but I know that whenever I went to bed, I couldn't fall asleep because I was feeling terrible from all the binge. And uh, as we were talking about raising awareness about binge eating disorder, uh, what do you think are some of the most maybe common misconceptions that either general public have or people who are struggling with binge eating disorder themselves have you've mentioned that we often think that it's no big deal to binge here and there but what do you think are some of the other misconceptions like you mentioned um it's common that people think that it's not that much of an issue but it really is and a 
common misconception is that to get to break through or to get rid of binge eating disorder or your disordered eating, which binge eating, then you have to go on a diet. You have to restrict because the reason you're binge eating is probably because you're eating too much, which is the opposite. It's gonna keep you in the cycle even harder, and it's pretty unhelpful sometimes this advice because even doctors believe it. I've known some people who have come up to me and they said that um, they opened up about their binge eating and to the doctor and they thought it would be very um, professional, but the doctor just said, oh, it's probably because you're eating too much. What are you eating? Oh, McDonald's? Oh, it's probably because you're not uh, moving enough, you're not exercising. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to put you on these weight loss tablets and everything or and I'm just gonna prescribe you these exercises and I would recommend keto diet and stuff like that and that was so terrible there's not enough awareness even to the point where doctors um, don't have much awareness of binge eating and I sometimes don't blame them because they don't have much um, education with nutrition they have to focus on other things the medications and many other conditions not related to uh, diet. So that's where a dietitian would really come in handy because we focus all our lives on um, the therapy towards getting through your, if your health conditions related to nutrition. Essentially, if you have a question about nutrition, then you should go to a dietitian. Yeah, so, so much misinformation and to be honest, doctors can be a victim of the misinformation. Yeah, that's really, really sad. So I think maybe connecting more doctors with the dietitians could help in this regard so they know uh, who they can recommend to their patients, maybe. Yeah, and your podcast also. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I was wondering, uh, as you've mentioned, or as we talk about how the misconceptions, do you have maybe any recommendations or experience uh, if you are struggling with binge eating disorder, how to maybe explain it to someone so they don't judge, they try to understand? How would you uh, explain it to someone, for example, for to your uh, family member or to your partner that you are struggling with something like this? Mm, yeah, that's a really, really good question because... It's one thing to talk about binge eating and raise awareness, but it's a completely different, massive thing to open up about it because it's most people find it very embarrassing and the fear of judgment. So what I'd recommend if you're going to share um, that you struggle with binge eating is to share it with someone you really, really trust, someone who knows that, who you know that isn't going to judge you and to be honest, sometimes that might not be your parents because, or people you live with because they might have contributed to your binge eating mindset of like, oh, you're not allowed to have this because this is good or this is bad and everything. Oh, you're dieting again? Stuff like that. Because to be honest, um, even your parents or your close friends could be on a diet or trying to lose weight. And they might be struggling with some form of disordered eating or even binge eating disorder. So try to open up to someone you share, you really trust. And you don't have to announce to the whole world about it because you're going to have um, very, very mixed responses. So, And when you do open up to your really, really trusted close one about or close ones um, about your binge eating, then try to focus on not talking about um, your diet per se, about like, I'm going to go on this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but try to focus on talking about how it's affecting you, how it's uh, affecting your life. You could talk about things like um, how it's causing you to be secluded from eating out with your family or eating out with your friends and how it's causing you so much guilt and shame. Like, for example, like maybe you go shopping for clothes and you don't want to wear the comfortable clothes, the loose-fitting ones, because you want to try to um, reach this body weight 
um, or stuff like you're constantly um, torturing yourself um, on treadmills or torturing yourself in the gym and how it's affecting your life. You can't stop thinking about food. So try to use those quote-unquote uh, what I call pain points to share with your uh, close ones to let them know how really how how much it's affecting your life because if they find out that you've been on diet and you've tried this you've dieting caused this actually and you're in this cycle of binging and restricting then it would be that would be really helpful because most people don't even know um don't think binge eating is an issue they think it's just a joke like oh i'm gonna binge eat and binge on netflix and stuff when it's really serious and it's about raise, raising awareness to your close one or your trusted one about um how much it's affecting your life yeah i absolutely agree with that and i also think that for some people it's really hard to understand or maybe even imagine what it is because i remember that when i told someone they were like oh i overeat too i also eat an entire chocolate and <laughs> i'm thinking well that's not that <laughs> yeah. But I think what you can do as someone who doesn't have any idea is to just listen and show your support. And I wouldn't definitely provide any advice because I think the advice can be really mm -hmm. wrong sometimes. So, Yeah, I agree. And sometimes people don't want advice, like you said. Sometimes just listening is enough to give them the motivation to... Um, breakthrough because maybe they have all the knowledge they know what they need to do but sometimes they just want to know that they're not alone like you said Anna so that's really helpful <laughs> yeah I, I think so that uh, just listening and showing your support is sometimes more than enough so have you noticed uh, maybe any differences among uh, gender when it comes to bench eating disorder is it for example that women are more prone to developing it or because I uh, when I was uh, researching binge eating disorder like for many years trying to understand why I'm experiencing this I came across a lot of women who were sharing their experience but there were hardly any men maybe to share their experience so I think it must be really hard to uh, try to maybe find someone who you can relate to mm, yeah Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's from what I've found that it's mostly women who struggle with binge eating. And there is a proportion of men who do struggle with binge eating, um, but it's much less. And there are many research papers um, on online, uh, journal articles on binge eating. But most of the participants in study are often females So there's not enough research on men. Um, and I also believe that another thing that can contribute to men um, not opening up about their binge eating or their struggles with binge eating statistically, like, which is why probably they're not like showing up in the statistics, is that there's more of this taboo about uh, men saying you should man up or like, because sometimes we think, If you don't go on, a, if you go on a diet and you fail, then you're just lazy or you're not working hard enough. And you see many people in magazines, uh, men on magazines, like looking really lean and buff, and so many transformations online, like before and afters of men and women. And this is mindset. And also, like anecdotally, I find like there are many more men in the weight sections in the gym who are just working out there in the weight sections and more women in the treadmills, uh, anecdotally. So um, there's this pressure to be like, oh, this person, this person's getting leaner every time I come to the gym or like I've known him for a while and he's getting leaner. So why can't I do it? Probably something wrong with me. So with women also, um, there's this study that found that women start dieting as early as the age of four like when they're uh, toddlers and that's that's really bad yeah that's terrible no one should ever go on a diet uh, that age because they're still growing what do they have to lose 
Yeah, exactly. And they built this uh, negative behavior for pretty much the rest of their lives, I think. Yeah. And, um, well, maybe you can uh, speak for me, but like, I, uh, for more women struggle with binge eating because there's more pressure to also lose weight because you have to look this certain way. Men are not going to um, approach you if you look this way. There's this taboo of like you have to impress other guys and also like um, beauty often revolves around women like from a young age like sometimes if you're wearing makeup like you just get used to wearing makeup but then that can like uh, pass on to like oh I need to look this way and everything or maybe I look a little bit better if I wear an earring like or some earrings to impress others and there's nothing wrong with like wearing makeup or earrings but when you're changing your physical body to impress others then that's when it can become an issue and I think that's what I found personally that there's so much stigma that's really uh, tricky yeah I don't know but as a woman who struggled with binge eating what do you think might be causing more women to statistically show up as struggling with binge eating I think that as you mentioned I think it's a lot of the pressure that we both make ourselves and put on ourselves but also from the society and from even social media now but when I was what I was thinking about is that I never hear other women to say oh I feel really good in my body or I feel happy about the way I look it's always I feel fat I feel this way I am really unhappy I have big hips or whatever part of their bodies and it's really sad and that's I think it gets to your mind and it stucks and you're constantly thinking about what's wrong with your body instead of like I feel really good about my body because I ran five kilometers today or something like really really positive so I think it's just rooted to us from early age I think yeah I, I completely agree and uh, I was gonna add also that um, so many people are chasing like six-pack abs women and men but for women like if they reach a certain body fat I can't remember if it there was a study that showed that if they reach maybe like 18% body fat uh, which probably where you get like six-pack abs for women then you lose your menstrual cycle like you don't go on periods because and that's a si clear sign that you're malnourished if I'm being straight to the point because your body is in survival mode it's not why would it have enough energy to reproduce it's trying to survive basically and on the other hand for men like yeah there uh, mostly depends on genetics some people have six-pack abs but to the point if they go like six-pack abs depending on the genetics some can be susceptible to like erectile dysfunction like they can't even uh, pardon my language bring it up anymore <laughs> and everything because like basically our reproductive um, systems just shut down because you're not giving it enough energy we kind of like idolize this um, these six packs and everything but to be honest like it's not really healthy and people who are on like photos uh, with six packs it's just a photo they probably have worked really really hard and then dehydrated themselves took the photo and then just went back to normally eating and everything and people you see around walking around with six-pack abs you have to question what's actually their what is their relationship with food like because binge eating you could binge eat in secret some people call cheat days glorified binges so we never know what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. I I completely agree. Speaking of, we were talking about all of these things we shouldn't do or that are not really good for us. What would you recommend or what are your tips for creating healthy habits? What can we do uh, to maybe to ourselves or even maybe to teach our, our kids or future kids healthy habits when it comes to food and to our bodies? Mm, yeah very healthy habits so that's a really good question um that's a really good question so what i would recommend is try to avoid talking about other people's weights and if anyone talks about your weight just brush it off because 
it's not a sign of it's not a sign of not a reflection of you or your weight it's a reflection of their um relationship with food because if you don't have an issue with food and don't you have a great relationship with food then you wouldn't have a need to talk about other people's weights because it's not on your mind and another thing uh, i would highly recommend that would um pass on to your children is especially if you're listening and you're a parent or taking care of children is to avoid talk adding morality to food avoid talking about good foods or bad foods don't um gatekeep certain foods like don't lock the cookie jar don't hide foods don't if you're on a diet then don't show it to don't let your kids know or don't let your kids uh, know that you're weighing yourself every other day because that can really pass on and lead later to terrible um relationship with food later in life and some people some parents might be thinking like ah they're going to just be eating uh literally everything but like remember like kids have high requirements nutritional requirements because they're constantly running they're constantly like jumping around and we if you want to incorporate healthy habits with children but at the same time include the foods that they love then serve dessert together with the meal don't serve it after the meal or don't um say things like you'll only have this cookie if you eat your lunch try to serve it together and you might notice that they'll have the cookie first but then the cookie's gone then now they're just going to have to eat the food and don't say anything because they're not going to think too much about it and for those children who are so fixated on cookies already because they're already their relationship with food is kind of affected already they can't stop thinking about cookies and everything then it might take some time um especially for kids because they work through habits but it can change uh just try to encourage this mindset of just not talking about weight not talking about good or bad foods and to also um be a great role model for those children don't let them see you just eating plain salads whilst you give them a salad and then a cookie they might be thinking why is why is my mom not having a cookie and something is there something wrong so just try to encourage um just eating everything really if that makes sense if you're just not thinking if you're giving yourself unconditional permission then you're going to not worry about food your child's not going to worry about food and if you do have really serious um issues with food then i would highly recommend speaking with um a pediatric dietitian because there's lots to think about with it's mostly psychology around food for children so things like um food chaining which is trying to transition from chicken nuggets to chicken breast stuff like those little things there's so much uh, psychology going on so uh speak to a pediatric dietitian regarding that if you have issues with your children that's that's really interesting and i think as you've mentioned we should be or we are role model for our kids and i also remember as you've mentioned that uh when i was younger we would all have a regular meal but my mom would always have a salad and she would never eat the same food like we did and later on i was thinking like hmm so does that mean that girls don't eat what like my father eats and i should also have a salad and i think that also can have an effect on the children so as you've mentioned eating the same things as your kids or i don't know maybe explaining them why you eat something different yeah that's really interesting Oh, and very quickly add as an important note um that we should also talk about um like the benefits like oh if you eat don't talk about the negative things but like talk about the benefits like oh if you have these salads these greens then it's going to give you it's going to make you smarter it's going to help you run faster if you're going to eat this cookie then there's energy there's energy in the cookie and sugar in the cookie it's going to help you um like play football well you're going to play basketball much better you're going to be faster you're going to be stronger stuff like 
that encourage them that oh like food has these benefits yeah that's that's really great i think because uh when it comes to the quote-unquote bad food we always tend to say this is wrong because there's too much sugar too much fat or something but instead as you've said to create the positive association with food i think that's a really really great tip for our listeners probably my last question would be what would you recommend to someone who's currently listening to our podcast and is thinking hmm, i think i may be struggling with something like binge eating or binge eating disorder what would you recommend them to do to start their recovery mm. so what i'd recommend um if you're struggling with binge eating is if there's only like one thing i would recommend because there's so many things um to it's a complex condition uh i would just recommend eating regularly um or I would recommend putting this mindset of I'm going to go on diet. Put put your diet on a break. Like don't focus on going on diet. Uh try to eat regularly and try to eat the foods you crave. And it might seem like a jump. What if it doesn't work? You might be thinking then you can always go on a diet then if uh if you feel like it's not going to work, like you have nothing to lose but every everything to gain if you try. So just go for it. And let's see see how you go. You will see how um, free your mind will become. You'll see how um, how less often you're going to be binging. You'll see that your energy levels are going to be much much better sustained throughout the day. You're not going to feel guilty. You're not going to feel shame after eating the foods you love. You're not even going to be thinking about food that much. So you're gonna gain so much um, once you start binge eating recovery. So start eating regularly and put your diet on a break. And if you have like a health condition, or if you struggle with like really high levels of body fat, where some people would call uh, obese or morbidly obese, and you're trying to do it diet for health reasons, then I'm not saying that you should stop dieting for the rest of your life. You're, you need to stop dieting temporarily to escape the binge because you're always going to be in the cycle. Once you escape this trap or this binge eating cycle, and you start to, you have this you're eating regular meals and you don't you feel much less guilt, then you can start to start from scratch. You can start to eat in a much more sustainable way for your diet, such as including the foods you love, increasing your protein intake, uh, including more fruits and veg, and not trying to cut out entire food groups. It's just essentially starting from scratch, but this time not at an extreme level, because extreme restriction can place you into this binge eating restricting cycle. Perfect. I would just add that you should never feel ashamed of going through this and never feel afraid or ashamed to ask for help mm, super important thank you so much jonathan for being here with me today for joining me it was truly a pleasure and i am so grateful that you do what you do and that you raise awareness about binge eating disorder and that you help so many people out there uh, to recover from binge eating disorder my last question would be if you could share with our listeners where they can find and follow you mm. Yeah, before that, I just want to say thank you also, Anna. And if you're listening, try to check out her other episodes because she's really, really uh, great at raising awareness for binge eating and everything. Thank you so much. Yeah. So thank you so much. And where people can find me. Um, so you can find me in my website, bingedietitian.com. I'm on TikTok, Binge Dietitian. Instagram, Binge Dietitian. I am the binge dietitian, <laughs> yeah. So if you just type it, then you'll find me. Yeah, I will link it in the show notes so people can can get to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Anna. 
So that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed today's very special interview, today's very special episode. Definitely let me know either on Instagram at benchonselflove or at email at anci at benchonselflove.com. What do you think if you enjoyed today's episode and what other guests would you like to hear on the Bench on Self Love podcast? I'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Until then, take care and talk to you soon. Bye! You have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that.